Welcome to Moneyline. I'm Matt McCall. Thank you for joining me here on a Friday. We had the market sell off again yesterday. All three indices this time pull back. We're getting a bit of a bounce this morning. We're doing the show very early. We're going to New York for some business today. So we're going to take a look at the market. We're going to take your questions. We're going to talk stocks. You're going to get in my head what I look at at 6 and 7 a.m. in the morning before everybody else wakes up. All this and more. Get your pens and paper ready on Moneyline. The buck starts here. Moneyline with Matt McCall. All right, folks, once again, this is Matt McCall. Thank you so much for joining me. It is Friday, March 19th. If I'm not mistaken, it is March 19th. It's really kind of the first big official day of March Madness. I know we had to play in games last night. Uh, I fell asleep before the Michigan State-UCLA game even started because uh, they needed 90 minutes to sanitize the benches or chairs or something ridiculous. Uh, so I couldn't even watch the tip, let alone watch the end of the game. And I know it went to overtime. So it is early morning. It's well before market hours. It's around 7 or so um, a.m. East Coast time. Uh, catching and train in New York today for some business, some fun, see some friends. So I wanted to get in here and get the show in in the studio and do it before we got, we got moving. But we're going to talk about the market. We're also going to go through kind of some stuff I go through in the morning, what I look at to get an idea of, uh, you know, kind of what it goes through my head in the morning when I'm looking at the market, especially a market like this that's been a bit manic. So just to give you an idea where we're at right now, we have the S&P futures up about seven points. Dow futures only up nine. NASDAQ up 60. So doing a little better, a little bit of a bounce. However, let's take a look at the charts here. Um, as you can see on the S&P, uh, you know, we've had a hell of a run. We closed uh, at a best closing level ever on Wednesday. Yesterday, we were down one and a half percent. So we're still in this uptrend line. Things still look good. But underneath there, you're seeing some weakness in some individual sectors. So let's take a look here at the NASDAQ 100. A little bit of a different chart. And we've talked about this in the past. You know, about two weeks ago, we went into correction territory. We bounced off this uptrend line. We were down 11.5% from an all-time high. We then rallied back from that correction level. Uh, things were looking pretty good. We closed at a two-week high on Wednesday. Again, the same time um, the uh, S&P 500 uh, closed at an all-time high. And then we had uh, yesterday, we were absolutely smashed yesterday, down about 2.5% on the NASDAQ. So that was not a good sign. And today, again, we're bouncing. You can see the little green one right there. That's pre-market this morning. Up about six-tenths of percent on the Qs right now. We're kind of in no man's land between this bottom, this uptrend line here, uh, and the all-time high. So you're right in the middle. We can see continued kind of back and forth, in my opinion. Uh, the one thing, though, that, that I will say that, that I do like is that we're holding this uptrend line. You know, I, I showed you some charts a, a, about a week or so ago of a lot of stocks that have just gotten decimated and beat down. And there's, there's quite a few like that that have just, you know, some of our high flyers just getting crushed. Uh, anything SPAC related has just been crushed. It's, it's ridiculous to me. Uh, Danimer Scientific, which, which is a, a great company, it has come back a lot though, but I mean, this went from 66 down to 29. It lost well over 50% of its value. It's now come back, but that's, that's fascinating to me because what happened to that company that it should lose that much of its value? Uh, we're seeing this over and over again. Uh, we'll take a look at another one here. Uh, oops, that's the wrong symbol, sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, I'll come back to something else. Uh, anyway, it's still early. Uh, back to the S&P 500. You can see this is where we are. So overall, still very bullish on the markets. Uh, people are freaking out. And I'll tell you why. 
here's the, uh, the S&P Biotech ETF. This went into a bear market, believe it or not. But then rally back. But again, big sell-off yesterday, trying to bounce a little today. Not much, up four-tenths of percent. But I love biotech stocks for the long term. Uh, so for me, I, I think there, it's a great buying opportunity for some really great biotech stocks. Uh, we bought a biotech stock for some new clients at uh, my money management firm, Penn Financial Group, yesterday. And I'd probably do some more buying today. We've been nibbling uh, with new money coming in the last week or two and going to continue to nibble. Because I don't know if, if this is the bottom for the, the tech stocks. We start bouncing from here. Uh, but I do know that there's a lot of great stocks that look really good right now. And XBI, I look at this, I said, okay, this could hit 125 before it hits 200. But I think at some point, next couple of years, it hits 200. So buying here is a great buy, in my opinion. It's a 40% upside from right here. So that's how I look at it. You got to think big picture, long term. You don't know where the bottom is. You're not going to be a hero. If you think you're going to be buying at that absolute bottom, you're kidding yourself and you're probably going to lose money because you're never going to have a realistic expectation of how you're going to do investing in a market. So keep that in mind, please. Have realistic expectations and know you'll never get the bottom. You'll never sell at the high. And if you do, man, pat yourself on the back, count it as luck and move on to the next one. So another thing I want to talk about is uh, cryptocurrencies before I get back into stocks. You know, another thing I look at early in the morning is how the cryptos are doing. Actually holding up really well. In the last 24 hours, Bitcoin's up about nine tenths of percent. The entire market's down about 0.6. But again, compared to everything else out there, uh, they're holding up pretty well. Uh, I will say this, yesterday morning, I pulled up our ultimate crypto, uh, which is our newsletter we launched on January 7th of last year. So you're looking at 14 and a half months, give or take, all right? or 14 months and, and, and 12, yeah, about 14 and a half months. 14 and a half months, yesterday morning, of the positions in there, there's 12 positions in there, 12 altcoins. The entire portfolio, not one, not two, but the entire portfolio, they're all winners, I'd say winners and losers, they're all winners, but all of them combined, the average gain of that portfolio in 14 and a half months was 965%, folks. That's over 10x your money. 965%. I, I couldn't believe it. I said around to the team, I say, congratulations, thank you for everything you do to help me become, you know, the, to come up with something like this. And we're making people real freaking money. So um, this pullback a little bit, but not much. We're kind of hanging right around where we're there, but over 960%, that's insane uh, to the upside in 14 and a half months. Because somebody asked me a question on Twitter and said, you know, how, how do altcoins and cryptos and Bitcoin act versus the market. Well, you know, we can see here uh, pretty simply how it works is, uh, it, yeah, the market's up obviously in the last 14 and a half months as well. Not that much, uh, but, you know, compared to Bitcoin, not at nothing at all. Uh, gold in that time frame is barely up as well. So it's been a great hedge. It's, it's been a way to diversify your portfolio. You know, cryptos may not be for everybody's portfolio. Uh, they may make up 2%, 5%, maybe somebody as much as 10% if you're really aggressive and love them. Uh, mine's probably 10, 12% now, maybe more just because they keep growing so fast. So it's taking up a larger portion of my portfolio. But again, I'm aggressive. I know the space. It's different. I would not recommend that high for most people. Uh, but the thing is, I do think it's a great diversification tool to add to a portfolio. It's becoming easier and easier to buy, <coughs> excuse me, Coinbase. There's more and more coins coming on there. Yeah, the fees are a little higher. It's not like Schwab or Ameritrade or E-Trade where you can buy and sell stocks for free. It's still a bit of the Wild West, so it's going to cost you money. Uh, Voyager, you can go on there. They don't charge commissions, but I feel like when I buy there, I pay a little bit higher of a price, so they're going to get your money that way. 
uh, Binance, US, you can go. So there's, there's more and more exchanges that are getting more legitimate out there. You know, and Coinbase is going to be going public at multi, multi, multi billion dollar valuation. So this is the real deal. The, these aren't just fly by night stocks uh, and exchanges anymore. These, these are real companies. So I just want to touch on that. And I always look at that in the morning too. One of the first things I do really when I roll over and I wake up, uh, I look at the markets, see how Asian markets have done, see how Europe's doing, and then see the futures here in the US. And then, you know, I'll go through certain sectors and see how they're doing. Of course, biotech I just mentioned here uh, and see how they're doing as well. And then, you know, look at some individual stocks, just some of the big names. Not that I care as much about the big names, but just, again, to see how they're doing. Apple is up about six, uh, six tenths of percent. Again, very similar to the, the chart of the NASDAQ because it makes up the largest portion of the NASDAQ where you hit a high, came back, went into correction territory, and we're kind of no man's land. But again, we're still keeping with the long-term overall trend, which is extremely important uh, to me when it, when it comes to the market. So what I'm going to do here real quick is I'm going down to this other computer over here. I'm going to go to my Twitter feed because I told people to ask questions. Uh, I, I didn't say, you know, ask me about stocks. I said, ask some questions. So <clears throat> I'm going to go through this. Uh, and, and see what it says. So there's been a couple of comments I saw last night and this morning about the meltdown, the melt up and a meltdown. So um, Steve Sugaru, great friend of mine, uh, colleague, um, I look up to him. I think he's one of the smartest guys in the business. I read him, for, I've been reading him for years and he's been right a lot. And he's been talking about the melt up where stocks it happened in Japan. Uh, it would have happened in late 99, early 2000 in tech stocks. That last few months before that, that bull market ends, stocks go bananas. They melt up because everybody's rushing to get in. Then all of a sudden, everybody's in and everybody's trying to get to that exit and not everybody can get out. And it just, it just drops like a rock. Melt up, melt down. Steve it still thinks we're in a melt-up, and he's talking about a meltdown, I think, potentially later this year uh, where this bear market ends. We agree on most things. Uh, I, I agree that we're still in this melt-up phase. The difference is I believe that this slow melt-up will last a decade. Uh, I believe the roaring 2020s are extremely similar to the 1990s, where from 82 to 1990, we had a nice bull market. Then we had a bear market to start 90. Uh, and then people thought it was over. I mean, you can look at the headlines. It's pretty funny searching the headlines, uh, the financial newspapers back in uh, the early 1990. Everybody said, oh, you know, we said an eight-year bull market. It's over, it's over, it's over. Nobody was counting out the 1990s, the convergence of all the technologies coming together, uh, PCs, software, you name it, all coming together. Um, and that led to the greatest decade for growth stocks ever. That same convergence is happening right now, in my opinion. Uh, you know, we're, we're coming off a 12-year bull market, or 11-year, really, 11-year bull market versus eight, so a little bit longer. Uh, we had the, the pullback that we saw obviously in the beginning of 2000, so beginning of this, or 2020, beginning of, uh, beginning of this decade. And uh, then, you know, that was caused by the pandemic. We've since come back to highs. But the convergence, which is great about this, it actually accelerated many of our technologies and our investment themes. Uh, 5G was accelerated during that. Um, artificial intelligence was accelerated. Uh, 3D printing was accelerated. Uh, medicine was greatly accelerated coming up with a vaccine in, in, in about one-seventh the time. Uh, so you saw genomics really take a big part of that, genetic testing. Uh, we are seeing genomics really take off and, and gene editing take off now, starting to cure diseases uh, in trials. But you take all this Internet of Things, um, electric vehicles, autonomous vehicles, all these things are all coming together and they're, and they're kind of playing off each other. 
You know, think about autonomous vehicles. You can't have autonomous vehicles without 5G uh, and, and connectivity and Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, uh, certain types of um, uh, battery technology. So all this stuff's coming together, allowing that to happen. The same thing happened in the 90s. The same thing's happening right now in the roaring 2020s. So in my opinion, yeah, we're going to have pullbacks. We're going to have bear markets. We're going to have corrections. Uh, we're going to have recessions in the next 10 years. You, it's not going to be, uh, you know, all perfect perfection and this beautiful utopia just going up. That's not real. That, that's just not realistic. That being said, I am putting my money and our, our clients' money and recommending to subscribers here to invest in companies and trends that I believe will be much higher 10 years from now. I don't care about 10 days from now. It's, it doesn't matter to me. It's completely irrelevant. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's almost good to have clients uh, that don't look at it much because when things are really good, they think that it's supposed to be like that every day and they get that in their head and that's not a good thing. Uh, when things pull back for a month, they think, oh my God, I have to get out and sell here. That's not good. So it's almost better to walk away. Think about your home. If your home was traded like the stock market, think about that for a moment. It, it, it would be nuts because you would have the value of your home going up and down as interest rates went up, especially recently, interest rates went up. The value of your home probably dropped 10% in theory. Same thing with stocks. They're not efficient. They go up and down based on supply, demand, emotions. It doesn't mean that company's 10% worse today than it was yesterday if it falls 10%. It's just not what it means. So you have to kind of look at things in, in, in just a realistic way and turn off the damn media. Don't listen to them. I listen to CNBC on the car on the way to work today. I just can't do it. I hate to be negative in early morning on a Friday, a beautiful TGIF Friday, um, March Madness, but it's tough to listen to them because they don't, they don't care. Uh, they're, they're, they're more about scaring people than, than really truly helping people. And that's sad. But anyway, so get back to it. So a couple stocks, this stock we have for clients is moving today. That's why I'm bringing it up. Uh, this is a stock that had some really good earnings last night. And this was a SPAC, but see how this one's held up pretty well? This is MP Materials. It stands for Mountain Pass. It used to be a company back in the day. They are truly their only rare earth uh, minerals company here in the United States. We don't know much about rare earth minerals. Just Google that or, or Google rare earth in China. They control about 80-85% of all rare earth minerals, and they are needed for very important things. Uh, aerospace and defense, uh, batteries, electronic, uh, electric vehicles, um, electronics themselves, um, so many parts of technology. And if we ever go to some type of technology war against China, if we're not in one already, they are going to use us against us. They've talked about it. Everybody else's the experts have talked about it. The fact that they have this. So this is an important company that it's based out west uh, here in the states. If it can actually start bringing stuff online, their numbers blew away last night. Uh, so this is a, it's, a, it's an aggressive play, but I think this this company could be one of the saviors uh, in, in some, any type of back and forth we have with China if we don't have to rely on them anymore. You know. Uh, supply chains have been a real issue as of late. Uh, you, you look at uh, housing people, uh, housing uh, home builders are having trouble getting um, certain types of goods to build homes. Uh, auto companies, we know the chip shortages hurting them. Uh, just shortages in general, getting getting cars. Car dealerships can't get cars; they're all selling out. We are seeing a major supply chain issue right now, and that uh, leads me to another idea. Uh, just coming through. again, this is all going through my head. Things I talked about yesterday with clients, other things. Uh, you know, this is 3D printing. This is the 3D printing ETF from ARC. You know, Kathy Wood, we all know her. This had a huge run. You know, going back 
uh, to not even a year, yeah, about a year ago, March, uh, at the bottom down there around 13 with a 50. We're back down to 38 and a half now. So again, very similar. All these growth charts are pretty similar. Rallied up, came back. We're kind of consolidating right now. The 3D printing, I, I think, is huge. And the supply chain I was just talking about uh, is a reason. And you're missing, you're missing parts of cars and different other, other different uh, goods. Uh, you don't have to worry about the supply chain as much because you get 3D printed right on site. And that is the future uh, of, of, of manufacturing and, and the industry. It is 3D printing. Eventually, all planes will be 3D printed. Uh, parts of uh, the General Electric's uh, engine are ready for jets is already uh, being uh, 3D printed. So uh, Boeing's using it for some of their planes and jets already. So you are seeing it out there. It's just not in the masses yet. But don't think about 3D printing, about your kids printing a little uh, doll at home. That's not what 3D printing is. 3D printing is about industry and manufacturing, trillion dollar industries that it's going after and will upend. They 3D print homes now. I I don't know if that's really where I wanted to go. Uh, It might end up going there, especially for uh, lower income countries where you could cheaply do a nice home instead of living out with a dirt floor. Uh, That would be amazing to me. So that's one area to keep an eye on. Um, Another one is, I think this is the symbol I'm trying to see, App Harvest. Uh, This company, uh, I I didn't see it. I was flipping through channels last night. I think the CEO was on Jim Cramer's show last night. But this is a pretty interesting one that one of my analysts brought to me uh, this week. Uh, this was a SPAC too, went from 10 to 40, uh, all the way back down to, to uh, 15. We're about 21 right now. So Ab Harvest, uh, you kind of think of future of food because you know the, the issue with, with uh, food is we need water and there's only so much water. There's a lot of places that don't have enough water. Uh, so kind of creating food a, a bit of a different way. Uh, right now, it, uh, this is a company that's based in Lexington, Kentucky, too. Uh, they, uh, they build these high-tech greenhouses, and right now they're just growing tomatoes, but you know it, it could be more, uh, and leafy greens. Uh, the company's only founded in 2018. However, the, the, there's a big movement now to being able to grow uh, food uh, without um, chemicals, uh, obviously, and without as much water. Uh, so these high-tech greenhouses are how you do it. Uh, another big thing is vertical, uh, you know, growing uh, vertical farming, growing up versus out like this, on taking as much land, not as much water again. Um, so it's, it's an area I'm starting to look at, but this I brought this up because I had an analyst bring it up to me, one of my analysts this week. I saw the CEO mentioned on CNBC, so I wanted to bring it up. I, I need to do a little more homework on the company. Uh, my analyst is actually getting a report to me today on it, so maybe I'll bring it up next week. But again, uh, I just want to bring this up because this is the kind of stuff that I, again, I do in the morning to try to come up with different ideas. Um, just going through comments here real quick to see if anything else. Uh, somebody asked about cash positions, you know, what, what they should be doing with cash. You know, if for me, if, if you have cash and you're, and you're looking to buy something, I just keep it in the money market at, at the brokerage firm, wherever it's at. Uh, it's too tough to kind of move it around. There's not enough going on out there right now. Uh, somebody else asked where I get my estimates from uh, for valuation, profit, earnings per share growth. Uh, we use a, a bunch of different things. We have Bloomberg, uh, we have Wide Charts, we have Simply Wall Street. So those are the three that we paid for. Uh, we get other research from 13D. Uh, we get research from a lot of different places. You know, to me, you can never stop learning. So I'm willing to pay others, peers of mine, and learn from them as well. Uh, it, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't hurt. You know, you, you can't do this stuff all alone. Uh, another question about trailing stops. I get this one often. I don't use trailing stops uh, for our subscribers uh, or for my clients. And, and I'll tell you why, or even my own money. 
The reason for that is uh, for subscribers, if I give you a trailing stop, some bad news happens and something gaps down. You have something similar to the flash crash and you all have your stop losses in. It gaps down, boom, you're out, you're stopped out and it could come right back. So I, I don't like that because you're kind of, your order is just out there and it could get filled. Uh, same thing for clients. We have, we have, we're watching it. We're watching it all day for you. So we don't have that. We have in our minds if something happens and it breaks down when we get out. Uh, we also have to remember that just because a stock pulls back doesn't mean we're going to sell it. Uh, again, we're thinking big picture long term. If the reason we originally purchased the company, invested money in the company's changes, whether it's up, down, or sideways, then we consider getting out. If something changes, if the thesis behind why we invested in this company changes, then we must reevaluate that. And at that point, if we do reevaluate it and it doesn't fit into our investment thesis anymore, we sell it no matter where it is. We just get out of it. So, all right, let's take a look one more time where the cues are at. We're only up about a half percent. You know, I don't like this after yesterday. Uh, we'll see how we close the week, but I think it's going to be a, a, a little bit choppy for a couple more weeks here into the end of the quarter. Uh, hopefully next quarter we could turn things around. Uh, but again, I'm buying weakness uh, for my own money, for clients, subscribers. We put out two new stocks last night for our power portfolio. Remember, we closed out our power portfolio in two months, took a 38.5% gain, locked it in because uh, it was in two months. So we wanted to take that and lock it in. Uh, and then from there, we told our subscribers, hold off. Louis Nevelier and I, it's our, our joint product we do. We do it annual, we do it once a year. It's our second year. Crushed the market last year too. And uh, I said, give us time, Let, let's wait. So we waited, market pulled back. Uh, and, and, and crazy enough, if we would have held on to those stocks and didn't take the 38.5% gain, it'd only be up about 8% right now. So it was, it was a smart move. I know people weren't happy with day to sell and you have to pay taxes. Well, paying taxes is better than not having an extra 30%. So we sold, put two more buys out last night. So if you're a Power Portfolio member and didn't get the text or email, uh, make sure you check it. Uh, also, um, sign up. We have a big video. Next, I'm going to do a podcast on Monday when I get back from New York. Uh, and then Tuesday, we have a big video. Uh, Charlie Shrem and I, the cryptocurrency master, are sitting down. And uh, we're talking altcoins with Lauren Savan, our good friend. So check that out. That's going to be 4.30 East Coast time on uh, Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday will be what day? The 24th, I believe. Yeah, 24th, what, 19, 20, 20, 22. I don't know. I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's, <laughs> don't, don't hold me to the date. But right above here is a little eye you can click on. You can sign up right now, get on our hot list. We're gonna send out some good material over the weekend and next week. Uh, but it's so early, I forget what day it is. Uh, I have so much going on. Uh, but yes, please sign up there. Don't forget to like, subscribe. Have a wonderful weekend. If you see me in New York, Say hello. Uh, I'll say hello back. I don't know if we get hug or not. I don't know what it's like in New York. I don't know if we're masking up still or what's going on. But be safe. Be happy. Don't worry about the stock market. Things are still great long term. Uh, smile. Hug someone. Tell me you love them. And again, be safe. Be happy. Enjoy life. I'll be back Monday with a new show. Thank you so much for watching. I'm Matt McCall, and that's been your Money Line. The Money Line with Matt McCall. Matt McCall. To find more information, head over to McCallMoneyWire.com. That's McCallMoneyWire.com. <laughs>